Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing? It's going to be a good week. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. I want to get right into it. But I do want to tell you guys that I wrote another book and we're going to talk about it a little bit today. We're going to touch on it, but um, it is called Gangster Prayer. It's been out, I can't even believe this, for a month now and um, it's just doing really well. Very Uh, A lot of people are picking it up. It's very in your face. I'm actually looking at it right now in our studio. It is, it does not play around when you hear the term gangster prayer. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like that. You know, the title is, is a really good representation of what's in the book. It kind of hits you in an, in an interesting way. Um, But if you want to overhaul your prayer life and I I had to do it, I had to do it. Uh, People ask me all the time, um, how do you pray? How do you hear from God? How do you um, how, how how do you, how do you not give up in prayer? Um, this book will help you uh, and guide you through some of those questions. It will also answer, I think, a bunch of questions about what um, you could maybe be aware of in your own prayer life to better to grow in. Um, I had to unlearn a bunch of things. This is a great book to do in a small group, to do with maybe you and your husband, um, whatever it is. It's a great book to go through together. I, I know lots of little book groups that are going through the book, and we just couldn't be more happy about that. You can get it anywhere books are sold. Um, and, and let us know if you read it because it's going to be great today. I want to talk about, uh, persistent prayer. This is actually one of the chapters in the book. However, what I'm going to talk about today is not the reference point that I use in the book, but I, I have found over years of just doing ministry. It's hard to persist in prayer. Uh, what happens when it's three years and the prayer that you have been praying in your heart desperately wants does not get answered? What happens when it's 10 years, sometimes 15 years, sometimes 20 years, and God still has not answered your prayer? A lot of us give up after two weeks. Um, well, God didn't hear me. He doesn't care, you know, whatever. And we get frustrated in that. My goal today is to encourage you to persist. Okay. Um, the Bible talks a lot about it. Uh, the Bible talks about not being weary in well-doing. We get weary really easily, uh, these days in well-doing because we don't see the fruit. We don't get a paycheck immediately. We don't see the reward of, of, um, of prayer sometimes immediately. Immediately, and that causes us to doubt. Maybe God said no. Um, maybe He doesn't care. Maybe uh, you know He's He's um, He's not going to come through, and He's not going to answer. I want to talk to you about one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I think that I talk about this passage a lot. My book, my Bible, is very colorful uh, in this section, just because I draw so much strength from this passage of Scripture. First Kings. 18. I'm going to read a lot of this passage of scripture. 
Hang with me. Persistent prayer. I will make a point. First Kings 18 verse 20 says this. Now, um, it is very important to note that Elijah had prayed that God would send drought to the land and God answered. So this is the end of three years of drought. Verse 20 says this, First Kings 18, 20. So Ahab sent a message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. 21, Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? I think I just did a show about how long will you hesitate between two opinions. Um, but but I, I love, that is just such a, pra- I want to rabbit trail for a second. That is such a practical question for today's world. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? How long will you be on the fence about this God thing, about this church, about this relationship that you know might not be good? How long are you going to hesitate? How long are you going to linger in limbo? And Elijah is calling these um, these uh, 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 prophets out. How long are you going to hesitate? I think that even convicts me right now. Just that one question. How long are you going to live in limbo? How long are you going to elect uh, let these prophets of Baal and prophets of Asherah try to um, uh, fill a void in you that they will never feel? How long are you going to do that? Oof. I could close right now and we could be done. Amen. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? This is what Elijah said. If the Lord is God, follow him. So simple. If the Lord is God, follow him. If the Lord is God, follow him. How many times do we know what God's word says? And we're like, "Mm, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't seem right. (laughs) Or that doesn't seem fun. Or uh, this is my favorite one lately. I've heard a lot. That doesn't seem practical. That's not practical. Guess what? Faith, not practical. Okay. It is believing in something you do not see. Faith, not really a practical thing. Uh, uh, I don't know why I've heard that. So I think people are, their bail is practicality. Their Ashira is practicality. They're bowing down to practicality rather than um, walking in faith. Ooh, Dan, this is good. This is not even what the show is about, but I just think it's so good. Uh, we're bowing down to, ooh, what, 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 um, what is practical? What makes sense to me? When we have a God of the universe that already wrote us a guidebook that we are rejecting because of the idol of practical. Oh, come on. Jesus. Yes. But the people did not answer him a word. He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. Simply that. Follow him. If he is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now, let them give us two oxen. Let them choose one ox for themselves, the prophets of Baal, and cut it up and place it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other oxen and lay it on wood. And I will not put a fire under it. Then 
This is what I want you to do, prophets of Baal, your God that you think is so powerful. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of mine. The God who answers by fire, he is God. And all of the people said that is a good idea. Now, I I know I just did a show on this, but I'm getting to a different point. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one ox for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many. There was 450 of them. And call on the name of your God and put no fire under it. Then they took an ox, which was given to them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice. No one answered. And they leaped about the altar for which they made. Hang with me, guys. This is the word of God. It's incredible. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, call out with a loud voice for he is God. Either he is occupied or gone aside or is on a journey or perhaps he is asleep and needs to be awakened. So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom. Oof, I could stop there, but I'm not with swords and lances until the blood gushed out of them. When midday was passed, they raved until the time of the offering of the evening, but there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. Then Elijah, boom, steps up to the plate. What's up now? Here's the podium. About to hear a big old mic drop. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he prepared, he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. Hang with me, guys. To whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, long enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he arranged the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And then he said, fill the four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar. He also filled the trench with water. Now, let me stop for a second so your ears can catch up to what is happening. Here, the 450 prophets of Baal did their thing, got their altar, had their offering put on it, cried out to Baal to burn up this offering. They did it all day long. They got crazier and crazier and crazier. Autumn, autumn paraphrase, they got crazy. Trying to call down power from a God that did not exist, that what wasn't the God, that wasn't almighty God. It was an idol. Here, Elijah steps up to the light, rep- repairs the altar, puts the burnt, uh, the, the, the ox on the altar, wets it three times, fills the trench with water. And you know, these prophets of Baal are like, mm, okay, we'll see what happens here. It's probably not going to happen, but whatever. Verse 36, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah, the prophet came near and said, he said this, he prayed this. Listen, it's so incredibly simple. Oh Lord, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today, let it be known 
that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Okay, he continues with his prayer. Answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back Again, this is what he does. He, he does the altar thing. Then he st- steps up to the plate. He offers, uh, let's see, four, six, maybe six sentences of prayer. That's it. Let it be known, God, that you are the God in Israel. Let these people know that they are crazy and they are not doing what you want them to do. Let them know. Listen to what happens. Immediately, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench immediately. Fascinating story, one that is incredibly inspiring and one that has inspired me for a couple decades now. This one right here, when I heard this story for the first time 20 years ago, I was like, oh my goodness, give me more of that power. I need to know how to interact with God on that level. Here, here the great prophet, he asked just a couple of lines. And immediately, it's not like, it's not like, you know, God showed up with, with a match, right? Like, it's not like God was like, here's a match from heaven, go light it. And, you know, fire fell down from heaven, you guys, immediately. As soon as he asked for it, it consumed, it was, it was all, it was a consuming fire. It consumed, um, uh, the, the, the burnt, uh, well, burn the offer offering. It consumed it. It licked up all the water around it. And it did that based on a couple of sentences from a guy, Elijah, that was just like us. He just chose to pray in a way that literally moved heaven on our behalf. I've always been, um, attracted to the might of the Lord uh, from this story. But this is the thing that nobody talks about that's very, very interesting. Sometimes even Elijah had to persist. Let me continue on in prayer. Verse 39, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah took him. Uh, Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook, Kishon, and slew them there. He killed them all. Now Elijah said to Ahab, now this is the part I want to focus on for the, for the rest of the time. Uh, this 41. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy shower. So Ahab went up, ate, drank, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go back seven times. This is uh, some uh, an example of us persisting in prayer. God chooses the timing of the answer. Okay. God chooses that. God is in control of when he wants to answer us, 
how he wants to answer us, and in what would give him the most glory, okay? Sometimes we think, wow, if I just had the faith of Elijah, I could call down fire from heaven. But what nobody talks about is although that God answered Elijah immediately in the first part of this passage, as soon as he prayed, Three verses later, he said, hey, Gehazi, go up to the top of Carmel and let me know what you see. Uh, I'm going to crouch my face down to the ground and I'm going to pray for rain. And, And Gehazi came back and said, there's nothing. There's nothing. Sometimes God answers us immediately, you guys. And even Elijah, sometimes God makes us and wants us to persist in prayer. When I saw this, it revolutionized my outlook and and encouraged my heart on persistent prayer. He, at times, even delayed for the great prophets. We look at them and we hold them on pedestals as we should, for heaven's sake. This was Elijah. But understand this. Your persistence does, uh, you, 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 your persistence. As you are persisting in prayer and you are seeing no answer, what should you do? Should you quit? Should you give in? No, you should crouch with your face to the ground and continue to pray. What if Elijah would have stopped the second time? Oh, well, I guess God doesn't want us in the rain. I guess he doesn't want to do it. Um, I, I, I mean, he did just rain down fire from heaven, but I guess he doesn't want to answer this prayer. I think I'm going to give up. I think I'm going to go home. I'm going to go have a, a t- partake in that feast with Ahab. We're going to sit, you know, we're going to drink some lemonade and eat some fried chicken. He could have done that, but no, that's not what he did. He was focused on the God that he knew could move heaven and earth to prove himself to him. He was not focused on the fact that he had to persist. This is what we're doing, guys, in our world. We are so focused on the fact that we have to continually go before the Lord. We are are not focused on the God that is working things out for us in the heavenly realm. Elijah knew that God was working where he couldn't see every time he crouched down on that mountain and prayed. He didn't get frustrated that he had to bend down seven times. He just kept praying until God answered. And this is what happens. He said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. So we went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go back seven times. He didn't say, well, God, where are you at? I might, he might not hear me. He might, he might be, you know, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, he did just rain down fire from heaven. No, he said, keep going back. Keep going back. I know my God. We just got to keep going back. My eyes are on God. My faith is 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 in him. We just got to keep going back. I know he's hearing what we're saying. We got to keep going back. Keep going back. Keep going back. Don't you stop going back, Gehazi, until we see a sign. It came about at the seventh time that he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. He went back seven times and he only produced a cloud. Oh, that's all Elijah needed was a small cloud. Here's some of our problem. One of our problems in prayer. 
We want the shower and God gives us the cloud. We want the overwhelming harvest and God gives us a seed. We want to reach the masses and God gives us two. And we're frustrated with the small cloud. We're frustrated with the small. We don't believe that that's evidence of him working because I prayed for a shower. But what you don't understand is the cloud is the way to the shower. Those two people that you want to minister to are the way to reach the masses, right? Um, uh, 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 that, that small job that you're faithful at is the key to be successful one day in your business because you're going to keep being faithful and God's going to keep blessing you. We want the shower so bad that we discount everything other than The shower. And because we're so focused on the shower, we miss the cloud. Whew, that's saying something today. Listen, the spirit of God is all up in the studio. I'm telling you that. I think some of you today, I could could actually weep. Because I know that some of you, and I know there are a lot of daily listeners out there, I want you to evaluate your life right now. You're praying for a shower and you don't have the shower, but you don't need the shower. You need the cloud. Look in your life right now. What are you praying for? And what has God given you? What have you persisted and persisted and persisted and persisted in prayer over? The cloud may be in your life right now. And that cloud is the, is the, is the avenue, is the highway that will lead you to that shower. But you're discounting and disrespecting that cloud. What if Elijah would have said, oh, that's a cloud. Like, Lord, where's the shower? What are you doing? This is absolutely ridiculous. He didn't do that. He took the cloud as evidence that there was a shower coming. Look in your marriage right now. I feel I feel right now I want to speak to the married people. It is on the rocks right now. But your husband came in last night and looked at you and smiled. That's a cloud. That's a cloud. That's not a shower. That's a cloud, y'all. That's powerful. Jesus, thank you for your word. Some of you leaders in ministry, I know we have so many of you guys that listen. Oh, I just love you so much. Pray for you all the time. You're praying. God, send me the harvest. I'll give glory to your name. Send me the harvest. And you've been in ministry for 10 years and you don't see much growth. I feel just very um, passionate about this. Thank God for the cloud of people he's given you. Be faithful. Thank him for what he's given you. And because of his faithfulness, that shower will come. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. I feel like some of you guys just financially, and I know what this is like. I I just did a video about having a paper route when I was like 20 six years old, had a paper route. I'm 38. That was 12 years ago. Not very long, right? Had a paper route because my husband and I could not make any of our bills, but we tithed. I mean, we t- our checks were really pathetic. I mean, I think we would get like $300 and we $30 is a lot when your paycheck is 300. That's a lot. 
That's a lot. We're like, okay, you know, this could be diapers. We had Grace at the time, and, uh, you know, babies ain't cheap. Now I got four of them, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, crazy. I didn't want to do a paper route, but it was the cloud I needed to teach me to be dependent solely on the Lord for the shower that was coming years later. Some of you financially, God has given you a cloud in tithing. I can't make my bills. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Well, the cloud is tithing. Give. The Bible says give. 10%. 10%. And you'll see the shower that comes from it. He will bless it. And he's done it in my life multiple, multiple times because we give. I uh, feel so encouraged today um, to tell you that sometimes God answers immediately, like when he rained down fire from heaven. And sometimes he asks you, just like he did Elijah, to persist. And he doesn't give you the shower. First, he gives you the cloud. Praise him for that cloud today. And keep persisting and look around your life and say, man, do I have a cloud? You might find one. Your persistent prayer may have already produced for you the means to that shower. Praise him for it and keep persisting until you see it. Because guess what? The rain came. The rain came. I love you guys so much. I hope this encourages you today. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.